Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Yeah, thank you, Etienne. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dylan. I, uh, you guys heard from Tyler last week, right? Yeah, so Tyler married my sister. He was my best friend, then married my sister. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to call him. Um, yeah, so it was so, you guys, how many people heard Tyler last week? Raise your hand. Yeah, so um, I was in Bible college in Karis, and then we, I went, I graduated, went home. Tyler moved into my room with my brother, and they were living in our house, and then my sister came for her first year. Um, and I could pick up something was going on between them. Um, it was so funny. My wife calls at first, and I mean, like, early. I'm like, no way. I'm like, that would be sweet, but no way. Um, and then Tyler's like, hey, I got to, we're talking on the phone, just catching up. And he's, like, super weird on the phone. And I'm like, this is super funny. We're FaceTiming. And uh, he's like, I, uh, I need to tell you something, but I'm going to hang up, and I'm just going to voice call you. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls me, and he's just like, so uh, there's been some, some, some things uh, and some 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 feelings, and he's like stuttering and like stumbling over his words with with uh with somebody, and uh and he's just like so I I, I just want to tell you like I, I think I I think I'm I like your sister and I want to date her and I just hung the phone up and I'm laughing. <laughs> so he he's just like I'm like you should Facetime me, and by this time like my wife was listening in, she's like laughing, and he's just like so he tries to call me back, wouldn't Facetime me, I hung up on him again. And he's like sweating it big time. And then he answers the phone and, he, and I'm like FaceTime me. And he's literally like shaking. And I'm just like, no, bro, I've been, we already knew that this was going to happen. I'm super happy about it. Um, so that's Tyler. That's, he's awesome. He, I'm sure he blessed you guys. He, he loves Jesus. And it's, uh, it's, I love that he's, you know, my brother-in-law, but he's one of our elders in our church. And he, he's just awesome, man. Like, I'm sure you guys are blessed by his word. He always, he always would say that he's not the best preacher, but he loves people well. And I'm like, if you love people well, you'll always be a good preacher. You know, if you, if you love people, you'll always have something to say. Like, you don't have to think and try to, try to conjure up ministry and try to come up with things to say to people when you love them, right? Does that make sense? Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity, Etienne. Uh, Etienne went on a hike with us to uh, the top of Table Mountain, and it was funny. I was laughing at you, Etienne, because, like, you're back there connecting and talking, and I, like, the whole time. And I was like... Bro, I'm just trying to make sure I don't fall off this cliff right now. And Etienne's just talking. I hear him back there literally just talking the whole time. And I'm like, I had, well, I, I did have my baby on my, like, on a, in a carrier. So I was trying to make sure that I wasn't going to fall. And Etienne's just back there talking. I'm like, and my wife's like, are you, are you good? I'm just like, I'm good. I just literally have to focus right now. I was like, Etienne's trying to ask me questions. I'm like, bro, I can't talk right now. Um, but it's good. I did not, I, I, I'm going to say I completely underestimated the Table Mountain hike for sure. Um, would you turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 4? Um, I'm going to take this jacket off. I thought you were going to sit up here, Etienne. Like, you know how sometimes the, the pastor, when there's a guest speaker, he'll like sit on the, on the stage in his robe. And with all the other guys, like Shane should sit right there, his friends. Um... So, Proverbs, next week, 
Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I'm going to talk about just... I'm going to talk about the heart and how it relates to your relationship with Jesus. Um, one of the things that I feel a lot of times is misunderstood and um, Christians kind of mix up is Romans chapter, oh, we'll probably read that, but Romans chapter 10 says that the, with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We all know that scripture. So that means with the heart man believes. So that means faith comes from the heart. It doesn't come from the head. That's why you don't have to understand what God's asking you to do. You just do it. Right? Like a lot of times we think that we have to understand everything. We need to know everything before we do something and believe God or step out or whatever the case may be. You don't have to understand. You just have to believe. Right? You don't have to understand how God heals somebody. You just have to believe that he can. Right? Because it doesn't, God does not make sense to your mind. But with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So that means God's really, He really cares about what you believe in your heart and the way that you respond and live from your heart. He doesn't want you just to live your life and not live from your heart. I, I, I counsel people and talk to people and like, because I think in Christianity, your mindset, you'll, you'll, we spend a lot of time in the Word and we spend a lot of time in truth, so we know a lot of things, but then what happens is our heart doesn't receive what we, what we, let, what we learn and what we, what we read, and we don't let it become a, a heart revelation. So then what you've learned, what you know, what the Scriptures that you've, that you've been taught or the Scriptures that you've read now turn and start to condemn you because it's, you're not living it. Has anyone ever had that happen? Where your knowledge starts to condemn you and show you where you're not, and it doesn't, it doesn't encourage you to grow to where you're to right has anyone ever like like what Etienne's saying you see somebody and you're like man I should go pray for them and then you don't and now you're condemned you're living because your heart isn't engaged with it your mind is telling you you're supposed to do it and you know you're supposed to do it right does that make sense so that because what that's why it's super important not to just not to just receive because we think that knowledge is maturity and knowledge isn't always maturity surrenders maturity right like walking in love and becoming Christ-like is maturity. And the only way that you can become Christ-like is surrender to Him and let Him do it in your heart. But we think the people that know a lot, right? We, we, we're like, hey, I have a heart for God. I really, I'm really, you know, I really want to go after God. We're like, okay, well then Bible college, uh, more study, more study, more study. And we think that knowledge is going to increase that. Now, I'm not against Bible college. I did it. But it's like we have to take the truth that we're receiving and then bring us to a place of, okay, I'm going to take this truth and I'm going to sit in this reality until it becomes who I am, not just what I know, right? Because, and that's what your heart, you have to be a steward and a cultivator of your heart. Does that make sense? Can you turn this down a little bit and I'll bring this up? Is that cool? Because <clears throat> I use my hands way too much and you guys won't catch it. So look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I'm sure a scripture that a lot of us have heard. I'm trying to see if we should read all of it. Yeah, let's read verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. <clears throat> Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it 
springs the issues of life. Does anyone else have a different translation? Yeah, what does it say? I'll repeat it. Mm, yeah, guard yeah, guard your heart for it determines the, the course of your life. Right? Guard or keep or steward, however you want to say it, it's a it's a there you go. It's a and I remember the Lord said this to me. He's like, Dylan, only you can be the steward of your own heart. Nobody else can. Nobody else can steward the, steward your heart for you. Only you can. Does that make sense? Like you can do a lot of things in Christianity, but if you're not stewarding your heart, you'll just go through religious actions trying to whatever i don't even know because your heart posture is wrong right i I, and when i counsel people and talk to people they'll especially in like relationship with people we all know we're supposed to forgive people and walk in love right but a lot of us have never done that from the right heart posture right so then what happens is we're like we're forgiving our wife or forgiving our husband or forgiving our our friend, and we're like, we're forgiving them, but we're not realizing the reason Jesus wants you to forgive them is so that you can see them clearly and be free. Jesus doesn't want you to just blindly follow him and do what he tells you to do. Does that make sense? Jesus wants, like the reason he's telling you to forgive somebody is so that you can live a life of connection and and freedom with them and with him to where you're not letting unforgiveness rip you apart. That's why the, the, the laws and the commandments of God are always for our benefit. And when we see that, it'll be so much more fruitful for you. Because you'll realize that every command of God is not so that you have to do something. It's because he's doing it for you. Right? I mean, we all know. We're like, oh, yeah, I understand murder is not the best idea. We all get that one. But like loving your neighbor, the reason he wants you to love your neighbor is because when you walk in love and when you understand that you're loved and you don't need any other, anybody else to love you, you can just love them. Now you're free. That's why Jesus wants you to live does that make sense? So there's so many times, like, I remember a, a story, I was, I was talking with a couple, and um, he was, you know, they were having issues, and I was talking to him, and I was in my office, and I'm just like, you know, I give them, it's so funny, because this is my answer, and this is how I, I, I counsel people, I'm like, you know, what, what, would, what would Jesus do in this situation? Because I'm not preaching me, I'm preaching him, right? If I preach me, then it's like, what would I do? And they can argue with that because I'm too young. I haven't been married long enough. I don't have kids. Well, you don't have teenagers. You've never done drugs. All that crap is just crap to me, right? That stuff keeps people in bondage because it's like, oh, well, you don't really understand because you never went through what I went through or you never did what I did. And how would you, how, because now you can't receive from anybody because you don't really know who I am or how I am. Does that make sense? That's bondage big time because your, your goal and your, what you're pursuing is not Etienne. You're pursuing Jesus. Etienne's just using Jesus to help you and grow you and transform you, right? Now, God wants to use Etienne's, and you can follow Etienne in the way that he follows Jesus, but he's not your model. Jesus is. That's why Etienne can judge and, and, and minister in righteousness because Jesus is the model. It's not, it's not, well, Etienne, you don't really understand because your kids aren't old enough. You don't understand what that's like. Well, Jesus does, and he's the model. And how would he respond if he was in that situation, Right? So it sets people free because you can receive from anybody because you're always looking at him. And then you can, and then this will set you free to minister to anybody. It doesn't matter what their problem is. Your, your model is Jesus, so you give them Jesus. You don't give them you. Does that make sense? So in this situation, I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what would Jesus do? And I, he doesn't, he's grown up in church, so he, he knows my question is what it's going to be. 
He's just like, well, I'm supposed to forgive her. I'm supposed to just, you know, like walk in love and, and love her and forgive her. And I'm just like, yeah, but why? And he literally was like, I don't really know why. And I'm like, well, why does God want you to forgive your wife? He's like, because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right? That's what he would do. But Jesus is not looking for you to just do things because that's what you're supposed to do. That's why the why in your life is very important. Why you're doing what you're doing. The motivation behind what you do what you do. Right? If I get up here and I'm just preaching, but my motive is not pure, then you guys aren't going to receive very well. Right? If I'm up here because I need you to tell me that I'm a good preacher, if I'm up here because I'm trying to impress people, whatever, it, I can preach the best message in the world, but it won't bring fruit in the long run because my motive is wrong. That's why God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart because he looks at your heart motive. Does that make sense? And that's why if your heart is pure, this is so sweet to me, if your heart is pure, you can say things wrong and, and actually do things because you don't understand and you might be doing things wrong, but your heart is pure and God will bless it and it will bring forth fruit. That's crazy to me. Even people that don't know a lot or don't understand a lot, but their heart is pure and they just, they're like, man, I just love this person. They might not do anything right, but it might just produce fruit and you're like, how did that even happen? They don't know anything but their heart is pure. God honors their heart. That's sweet to me, right? So I was telling him, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, why, did, why, like, why does God want you to forgive your wife? And he's like sitting there stumped for like a minute thinking. He's like, he's like, I guess because like he wants me, like he wants us to have a, a, a life full of love and a, a relationship full of love. And I was like, you understand, you've been, and I showed him really quickly. I was like, everything that you do in Christianity right now, like your mindset is you do things because he's the boss. Which is, which Jesus is the boss. Like he is Lord for sure. But I understand his heart behind why he's telling me what to do. Does that make sense? So he's like, and I'm like, you do everything. And I asked him, I was like, and I saw it in a moment. The Holy Spirit showed me. I was like, I was like, dude, you do everything you do because you're supposed to, don't you? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's right and I'm wrong. And he's, and, he's, and he's Lord and I'm not. And I'm like, that's not a father-friend relationship at all, right? You're just a robot doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's what, the law, that's what the law could not do. It couldn't make you righteous, right? Because God's, the law could not make you pure. The law could not change your heart. It could tell you that you need to forgive, but it couldn't make Etienne look at his wife in the midst of a problem. And now when he forgives her, it can never change his heart to where he sees her not for what she's done, but for who she is. The law can't do that. Your obedience can't do that. Right? What Jesus wants you to do in your forgiveness, in your transformation, and whatever the case may be, he wants you to be able to look at the person that you're forgiving and not see them for the sin that they've committed, but to see them free. To see them and that, that you don't see them for who they were or what they've done, but you see them for who God sees them. And who they, and then you see yourself correct. Does that make sense? And that's what I was telling him. I was like, I was like, bro, like, you can forgive your wife every single time that she does something wrong the rest of your life, and you cannot, and you can do it from the wrong heart and not see any fruit from it. Think about that. You can do things right your entire life the way that God wants you to and not see the fruit because your heart posture was wrong. I was like, but you can, I was like, how can you look at your wife 20 years down the road and literally have no, 
you might remember what it, what happened, but not see her for the mistake that she's made. I was like, you can't do that apart from grace and apart from His power. And that's why it's important to guard your heart because this is the problem. Is in Christianity, we'll like I said, we'll get a lot of knowledge and we'll get we'll, we'll know what we're supposed to do, and we'll know that we'll and then we'll try to do it, but we won't do it from a heart posture of relationship with Jesus. Right? There's so many times in my life where I'm like, Father, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to minister to this person, but obviously I'm super frustrated with them and I don't see them the way that you see them. So I need you to change my heart because I'm, I'm not seeing something clearly. Right? I know I'm supposed to, but I'm, I'm not. And this is why I say sincerity is what God's looking for so many times in your life. He's looking for you to be sincere and bring your heart to Him and let Him shape your heart. You know, Matthew chapter 5 says that the pure in heart will what? See God. Right? So the pure in heart will experience, see, and know God. So if your heart is pure, you can come to Him even if you're like, man, Father, I'm supposed to do this and I don't want to. I remember I had a situation where I had to forgive this person. And I remember sitting in my room and I'm not sitting there going, okay, well, I'm going to forgive this. Maybe we need forgiveness in this room. I just keep bringing up these examples. But I'm sitting in my, in my room and it's like, I know I'm supposed to forgive. Lord, I'm reading the scriptures and it's convicting my heart because I'm like, I want to forgive. I was like, but frankly, I don't really think the dude deserves it. I was like, and I really actually want him to be kind of punished. So I would just enjoy this for a minute. Right? For, for real though, like I'm honest, I'm super honest with Jesus. Like, because what we think is we think we come to him and we're like, hey Lord, this is what I'm doing. And he just doesn't see what you're actually thinking or what you're actually feeling. Right? Like he's just like, because you can go through the motions with people, but you can't go through the motions with the Lord. Right? Like Jesus, and that's just why I'm like, Father, I need you to father me. Father, I need you to father me. I need you, because you see everything. My heart is open to you. If there's something in it that's not fruitful, I want you to reveal it and show it to me. I want you to shine a light on that place. I don't want it in me, because I want, I want what you want. Right? So my knowledge of Jesus is pushing me to Him and my love for Him, but I want Him to, to help me steward and cultivate my heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is because He leads you and guides you into all truth. I know you guys have been on the Holy Spirit for the last couple of months, but like, it's the biggest key in the Christianity is the person of the Holy Spirit and friendship with the Holy Spirit. So I would sit there and I'd be like, Father, I'm in my bedroom multiple times. I'm like, Lord, this person right here, what they did, and they don't even, they're not even sorry for it. Has anyone ever done that? Has anyone ever had to forgive somebody that's not sorry? Right? Jesus forgave you when you weren't sorry. Right? When we have a hard time forgiving, we really don't know that we're forgiven. Right? Matthew chapter 18 talks about it. Right? You, you, you've been forgiven all this money, and then you hold your brother accountable for this small sum of money. It means that you really don't understand the forgiveness that you've received. Right, so I'm sitting in my bedroom talking to the Lord. I'm like, Father, I don't, I was like, frankly, I don't really want to want to forgive this person, but I don't see them clearly. I was like, and, and by the way that I'm responding, I obviously know that I'm not truly clear in my heart that I know that I'm forgiven because I'm acting like this. Because if I was, if I really knew how much you've forgiven me, I wouldn't respond this way. So I sit in this place and I'm like, I'm just praying in the Spirit. I'm asking the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I need, you to, I need you to show me this person and I need you to show me the way that you see me. And I'm, just, I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to yield my heart to you. I'm not going to yield. I'm not going to try to do things and try to, and try to forgive. If you're trying to forgive, you're already in unforgiveness. 
right? If you're trying to forgive, you're in unforgiveness. If you're trying not to be angry, you're already angry, <laughs> right? Man, because what this does is it, it, it gets you out of the, it gets you out of religion and into relationship. And I know we say that all the time, like we have a relationship, we don't have a religion, but like do we actually live that when we're in our bedroom or when we're with people or when we're in a situation? Because it's easy for us to just say, okay, well, now I'm going to step into this because I know it's the right thing to do. God is not looking for you to do the right thing. He's looking for your heart so that your heart wants to do the right thing. So that it's the byproduct of your new nature. It's not just your actions. God's not looking for your actions to change. Right? Because it's easy for us to forgive and walk in love and, and look like Christ when we're by ourselves. Right? You have all the fruit of the Spirit when it's just you. But then when you get thrown around people, you're like, maybe I'm not as patient as I used to be. Right? I thought I literally, to be honest with you, I thought I was like one of the most patient people in the world. And then I have a 10-month-old now. And I'm like... I literally, I, I told my wife, I was like, I literally thought, I'm like, I'm probably the most patient person I've ever met. Like, I'm super patient. And then I got my 10-month-old, and I'm like, wow, I'm really not that patient at all. I was like, I thought I was a lot more patient than I am. I need, I need Jesus. So I, I remember in this, in this example, the Lord started to show me, um, because I, because I, I want a, a heart relationship with Jesus, and I want my, my life and my, my church, my people to, to be connected to their heart because out of their heart is flowing the issues of life. They know a lot of truth and they can see truth, but out of their heart is flowing the issues of life. That's why James talks about faith without works is dead because ultimately what you believe in your heart will actually produce the fruit. Because you can say all day long whatever you want, but from your heart, you'll, your life shows what you believe. Right? Your life, your life lived actually proves what you believe. That's why when we stand before the Lord one day, it's not going to be all the stuff that we said and did. It's going to be the way that you lived. And it'll show whether you believe this or that. Right? So that's why you can look at the way that you're acting or responding or whatever the case may be and be like, man, Lord, something's not right in my heart. And then you have to be the, the steward to now go into the garden of your heart and understand and say, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm believing something wrong. Show me where I'm not seeing something right. Show me where I don't see myself right and don't see them right. Does that make sense? I mean, I'll sit there. So I would sit there in my room and be like, Father, I just need to understand your forgiveness for me. So I'm just reading. I'm reading the Word. I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm thanking Him. And He started to change my heart to where I started to see this person for the mistakes that they've made, not because, not because of the person that they are or the um, unrepentive person that they are, but I saw them as, man, Lord, I did a lot of things in my life that I, I wish I could go back and change. And I, if I, if I would have known better, I wouldn't have done what I did so that obviously they don't understand what they've been doing. Right? Jesus is hanging on a tree saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. When the Jews plotted for three years to kill him and they were mocking him on the tree and Jesus is saying, forgive them. They know not what they do. That must mean that they, he's saying that the reason that they're doing what they're doing is because they don't understand who they are. So you can look at someone's life and say, man, I did things that I wish I never did and I didn't understand. And now, now because I understand, I would have never done what I did. That means that that person right there did what they did because they didn't understand. And I started to show this person grace and see them. And I remember praying for this person and asking the Lord for his heart for them. And I met them one day in the street. 
And I remember just sharing a, a word for him. And literally, I'm like, man, Lord, I felt so free in my heart because I was like, I saw them for God's heart, not for the mistake that they've made. And I remember sharing a word with them that was like super, super good and super like from the heart of the Father as encouraging them and and just calling them higher and, 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 and laying aside. And it, let me say this. When you do this, you're not, you're not downplaying what they did and calling it not sin. Does that make sense? Because what we think is like, when we forgive them, they're going to get off the hook is what we think. That's what I was saying. Is like, I'm like, Lord, he kind of needs to be punished. If I just walk in forgiveness, like it's never going to happen again and just whatever. Like, you're not giving people a license to, you're not looking at it and saying that it's not, it's not sin. Like, Jesus doesn't look at your life and say, well, no, you never really sinned. That was just kind of, you didn't understand. Like, he's like, no, you didn't understand, and that's why you did, and it was wrong. And there's a sacrifice for that, right? Like, there's the justice of God, but you have to see the justice for God is not just for you, but for everybody, right? So you're not calling it not sin. Like, I, I remember telling him, I'm like, what you did was wrong. I was like, but I see you for not for what you did, but I see you for who God called you to be, right? And it's crazy because when you do that, you can look at somebody and you see them as though it never happened because of forgiveness. Forgiveness sets you free, and it's as if, as if it never happened. But I remember sitting in this place, and I'm like, I literally looked at them and, and forgave them. And when I walked away, it wasn't that the thoughts stopped coming, right? It, it wasn't that the unforgiveness and the hurt still stopped coming. It's just that it didn't have a hold on my heart anymore. I always say it was like, it was like the enemy tries to cut you with a dull knife because you've set your heart up and truth in your heart is protecting you from, from the thoughts and the accusations and, and, and the unforgiveness and the bitterness, right? You can still have those thoughts come, but you still, you're stewarding your heart being like, man, Lord, I'm thankful that I dealt with that. And the Holy Spirit is in you, and he's saying, I'm thankful that you dealt with that also. And the thoughts can come all day long, but it was like it was cutting me with a dull knife. It's like, it's like that's not doing, it used to hurt a lot, but because I've stewarded my heart and cultivated my heart, man, things have changed. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? I love questions. You got a question? Yeah, like you always have to, do you always have to assure them that they're forgiven? If they're, I mean, I'll answer it two ways. So if it's somebody that's close to you, like you spend a lot of time with them and they still feel the shame of what they did, then you need to partner with God in making sure that they understand that they're forgiven. Does that make sense? So if, if, if somebody is, let's say it was a husband-wife relationship and like your wife made a mistake or your husband made a mistake and, and, and you walk through the forgiveness in your heart, but you need to partner with the Lord and say, all right, Father, how do I make sure that they can see themselves as somebody that didn't make that mistake and com- continue to reassure them? On the other hand, if it's somebody like, like what I'm talking about, if they're not repentive and they, I don't maybe have, obviously I probably wouldn't have that much of a relationship with them if, if, if they're on the outside and I don't see them very often, I don't even need them to receive my apology or my forgiveness, right? I don't even need them to, to respond with the right heart because unforgiveness is about you. It's not about them, right? Like, like Paul talks about it. He goes, we're, un, we're not unaware of the enemy's devices because unforgiveness burns you. It doesn't burn them. Like I said, if, if they're not sorry, they're not sorry. Like they're not, they're probably not even thinking about it, right? Because they're blind. So they don't, like you're hoping that what you, the forgiveness that you've shown needs to, you, you're hoping that it brings forth fruit in their heart, but like 
you're not responsible for someone else's heart. You're responsible for your own heart. Does that make sense? So does that, does that answer your question? Is there any other questions on that? That's good. <clears throat> I love questions. Has anyone ever thought like that? When I was preaching, did anyone else have that same question? Nobody else had that same question? Wow. But most of the time when you ask a question, like more, more, than, one, or more than one person has that same question. You're just sitting there quietly. And then when someone asks it, they're like, oh, yeah, I had that same question. So if there's any other questions, just shoot your hand up. Is that cool? So look at, um, I'm trying to think, Mark chapter 4. At the end, when do I have to be done? Actually, I, I lied. Hebrews chapter 4. Forgive me for lying. I always say that everything, all across the board, every problem in, in, in life is always comes down to an identity issue. If we understood our identity, then we wouldn't deal with what we deal with. And, and the problems that we're facing always comes back to a wrong identity. There's always fruit. And we, what we do is we try to fix fruit all the time when we don't fix our identity. Right? And that's why the Holy Spirit's job is to always reveal your heart and to mold your heart and to shape your heart and to continue to bring yourself cut to the heart. Like Hebrews chapter 4 talks about, um, we'll read it in verse 12, it talks about the Word of God. It says, for the Word of God in verse 12 is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. So in Christianity, we use the Word and we use the Spirit to marry them together so that we see freedom. Because if you just have the Word, like I said, you'll be condemned because you know a lot, but you're not seeing any fruit. If you just have the Spirit, you'll be super flaky because you don't have the Word. So you use the, you're using the Word of God, and that's why we, we have to be diligent to stay in the Word of God, and we have to be diligent to let... Now, once we receive something, we let the Holy Spirit now work that out in our life. I remember I was, I was reading the Word one day, and I was sitting there, and in Timothy it talks about how he says, show no partiality. Just that, script, that verse came up. I'm just reading it, and the Lord highlighted it. And I had an issue with um, a family member and somebody else, and they had a, a situation that I didn't understand. But I didn't understand what was going on, and I had two different stories in this whole nine yards. What I did, which a lot of us would have done, is I, would have, I went with my family member because I know them, right? When in reality, my family member was wrong in what they did, but I went with them because they, it was like an older issue. So like they were older. They both didn't have the best... They, birth, they both were going through things in their mind. So they both, they were old. They were both old. So I don't know how to explain this any better without trying to step in a hole here. Like, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't believe either of them at first, right? So the Lord showed me, I'm, I went through this situation and handled it completely, completely wrong and I didn't realize it. But the Lord said, what you did right there is you showed partiality. He's like, you looked at somebody because of 
Is that because I'm stepping in the wrong spot, or should I stay? Um. So that's because I, the Lord was like, "You showed partiality in that." He's like, "You listen." He's like, "You judge something based on the." Per- you want me to just talk loud? Um. So I had this issue with with a family member and another member in our church. And what I did was I listened to my family member and then looked at this person and handled it a certain way that I should not have because what my family member said wasn't really necessarily the truth. Yeah, definitely. Is that better? Is that better? There we go. Um, so where was I? Yeah, yeah. So me spending time in the Word, the Holy, the, the Word of God comes and cuts my heart and, and discerns the thoughts and the intents of my heart. It reveals something in my heart, right? So now what do you do in that situation when you, when you receive something in the Scriptures that cut and showed you something where you responded wrong or did something wrong? What do you do in that situation? Think about it. Right? A lot of us just go, oh, well, dang, I did that wrong. I'm sorry, Father. I shouldn't have done that, this and that. Jesus wants you to take that scripture now and come to him and let that become your reality. He wants, he wants to father you with the truth that he's given you. Because what we do is we just treat, sometimes we treat truth like it's, like it's head knowledge. Like, oh, I know that now. I won't make that mistake again. Instead, the Lord wants to sh- let that truth shape you and mold you. Right? So I came to him. I'm like, man, Father, what did I do? He's like, you looked at the situation. You judged it based on partiality, which is you know somebody and you're partial towards them because you know them. He's like, I would never do that. He's like, Jesus would never do that. He would not look at a situation and judge it based on somebody that you like, somebody that you know, somebody that you're, you're friends with. He would look at the situation and always judge it in righteousness. So I just remember sitting with the Lord and I'm like, Father, I, will ne- I never want to do that again. Like, I never want to live like that. If you're going to have me pastor and, and lead people, I want you to shape and just cut that out of me, right? So what? So now, when I get in that situation again, I'm not going to be somebody that just, yeah, I know that truth, but the Holy Spirit's already cultivated that in my heart. Does that make sense? To where I've sat down with him and let that truth become my reality. And now because it's my reality, now when I'm in that situation, I'm already shaped and molded that I'm going to respond the right way. Does that make sense? So it's not just because I know the truth that I'm doing the right things, but it's because my heart has been postured in, in a father-son relationship with Holy Spirit and with the Father that he shaped me to look like him. Does that make sense? Because the word of God is super important because he'll always, and that's why you just spend time in the word and you always ask the Holy Spirit, Father, if I'm struggling, I remember this one time we were in a, I was in a Bible study and um, this was when we first started Jesus Church and the Lord asked me, he's like, or I asked the people, I said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to ask the Lord to show you a picture of your heart and show you, show, show you what he sees about you and I want you to write it down. And the Lord usually does this to me. He's like, why don't you do that also? Because I always just kind of like equip people in it and then I'm just up here waiting. So the Lord's like, why don't you do that also? And um, I was like, okay. So I like closed my eyes and I saw a picture of a black heart in my hand, like a human heart, like a, not a Valentine's heart, like an actual human heart, but it was black. And I was like, and I immediately felt like this anxiousness in my heart. Like, I'm like, oh no, Lord, like, that's my heart. And the Lord says, and he literally, in the, in the picture, he just took glasses off my eyes and it was perfect red. He's like, the problem is, is you see yourself like that when it's not true. Right? And I was like, 
man, Lord, I'm, and he's just like, you're believing what the enemy is saying about you. You're believing the, the thoughts that are coming to your head. You're believing the identity that he's tried to shape in you. He's like, and even though you know all the truth and you can teach the truth well, he's like, you still see yourself when there's nobody else around like that. And he's like, and I want you to, I want you to see that it's a ment- it's a, it's what you see. It's not the truth of who you are. And I'm so thankful that he shared that with me. Like, I'm so thankful because I'm like, I can do all the right things in Christianity and I would be leading and people are seeing transformation. We're seeing people get healed, but the Lord is more, more involved in my heart than he is in all the other things, right? God does not just want you to just be an amazing minister and not be madly in love with him and see yourself clear. God does not want you to just to step out and do all the right things and say all the right things and lead all the right ministries and not, and not have an intimate freedom relationship with you. That's why the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you into all truth because there's no, he doesn't want you to have any gray area, right? If, if he says that he leads you and guides you into all truth, then there's no truth that God doesn't want to lead you into. There's no area of your life that he doesn't want you to be free. There's no area of your life where he doesn't want you to know the entire truth, right? So we have to be people that, that continually encourage or continually steward our heart to bring ourselves to that place and be like, man, Father, I just responded this way with my son. Why am I responding that way? I just don't want to know that it's wrong and not do it. I want to know why I'm responding this way. Can I share one more testimony? Yeah, I got time. So I was in with my son. Like I said, I was super patient until this time. I'm putting him down at night and like he would just have like a fit and just be crying and all this stuff. And I would be like, I'd be like rocking him and trying to put him down. And then like I'm getting anxious and more anxious and more frustrated and more anxious. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not like this. Like I'm usually pretty patient. Like I'm usually pretty good. And I'm just sitting there rocking him and just like this. And my wife would come in and I'd just be like, you just take him. Because like I know you. And what I'm thinking is I know you're better than me. And I know it's going to go better if you just do it and just be done with it. And I was like, we'll get through this and it'll be fine. Just you do, you just do it. And the Lord was like, I just remember sitting in my room just like, so then my wife comes, comes in and she's putting him down and I'm in my room and I'm like, I'm like, Lord, why am I acting like, like, why do I feel like this every night or every time that he starts crying or every time that I'm doing something and it's not going well? And he's like, he's like, Dylan, you've lived your entire life like with leaders and, and people that, you know, trying to see this without incriminating people people that were that were above me in my life that they were like you go on and do this or whatever you need to do just go ahead and do it and I'm just like I don't want to do it and have you come tell me that it's the wrong way to do it like I don't want to just work my work at this project or work at this job and then you come and just tell me that it's wrong and do it your way anyways just tell me how you want me to do it and I'll just do it exactly the same way that you want me to do it because I would live my life like that. I would be doing things knowing that in the long run, somebody else is going to come and tell me, or my boss is going to come and tell me that this is stupid and you're dumb and you should have just done it the way that I told you to do it in the first place, right? And I live my, li- I live my life like that, and I didn't realize it. And the Lord was like, Dylan, it's not right or wrong. Taya's not better than you, and, she's, and the way that you do it is not wrong. He's just like, but your heart posture is completely wrong. He's like, and you won't see, you won't ever enjoy fathering because he's like, I've placed in you the heart of a father to lead in family or lead your family and to father your children the way that I've called you to. He goes, there's not a right way or in a wrong way. He's just like, it's just the way that you, he's like, if you're doing it the best of your ability and you're doing it for your, for the benefit of your child, he goes, you can't do it wrong. 
He goes, if your heart is for the benefit of your child and you're doing whatever you do just to make sure that, that, they're, that they're well and you're taking care of them, he goes, then you can't do it wrong, even if your wife does it different than you. He goes, if your heart is pure in it. And I just remember, like, it just showed me so quickly. I was like, holy cow. I was like, I do that every time. Like, I'm sitting there rocking and I'm hearing, like, you're doing it wrong. You're dumb. You might as well just let her do it. She's better than you. So I'm like, literally, so like the, the very next night, I'm like, hey, I'll do it. I'm rocking him. And the same thoughts come, but because I have the truth, the truth set me free now, right? So because I've, I sat on my bed and asked the Holy Spirit to show me what was going on, the truth now set me free. So I'm sitting in this place, and I'm rocking him, and the, the same anxiousness is starting to rise up in my heart, the same thoughts, and I'm just like, man, Father, I'm thankful that I'm here for him, and I thank you that you've set me to be a father. I thank you that my son, like, you chose him to be with me because I'm the best father that he can have. So I'm just going to sit in this place and I'm going to love him and I'm going to be patient. And it's like my wife came in. She's like, are you OK? I'm like, I'm super good because I had told her what happened. And she's just like, awesome. And I'm like, from that place, it like the thoughts continued, continued to come. But because of the truth of who what I received now, I, I have amu or ammunition and I have a, a way to fight those those lies. And I'm just sitting in this place, just like peace in my heart. And I'm like, wow, just one wrong mindset can keep you in bondage for so long. Does that make sense? And that's why it's so important to be a steward of your heart because it's not God's not looking for you to just do things right. He's looking for you to steward your heart so that you look like him. He wants to mold your heart so that you look like Jesus. And, but the only way that that's going to happen is if you let him in. Right? Like I said, nobody else can steward your own heart. When you, when you receive the truth or when you hear Etienne teach something or when somebody shares something with you, you need to make sure that you take that to him and let him father you in that. Because Jesus wants a relationship with you, and he wants friendship with you. He wants you to live your life from your heart, and he wants you to live your life with passion from your heart. And he wants the why behind your life to be squeaky clean, right? He wants the motive behind, your, behind what you do to be pure. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, Please contact us at info at gracelife.co or visit us at gracelife.co.